we have it all, a business and lifestyle podcast for content creators and entrepreneurs. Real insights, help and conversations to inspire you to do what you truly want to. Hi Jen, welcome to the podcast. It's lovely to have you here, how are you? Hello, thank you Thank you so much for having me. I'm good, we're recording this in the middle of a little mini heat wave, so I'm yes. hot, we're, we're <laughs> but both, I'm really good. Yeah. We're both sweltering and we can see each other on video, but luckily, you know, the listeners won't be able to see us. Won't be able to see that, no, that's probably a good idea. Mm. <laughs> um, Jen, for anyone who is listening who doesn't know who you are, can you give us a brief introduction of who you are and what it is you do, what's your business? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So um, I'm Jen Stanbrook and I am a Pinterest marketing strategist. Now, what the heck is that? So at, basically, I help female creative entrepreneurs master Pinterest marketing so they can boost their website traffic and gain lots of confidence, clarity and focus in their business. Um, and I've been doing that for four years. I'm also a home interiors blogger and I've been blogging for 10 years and I run Love Chic Living which is one of the top UK interior blogs and you That's me. like me in the nicest way possible are an oldie in terms of blogging aren't you because we've both been with blogging for about 10 years now and yeah that, yeah that seems like a heck of a long time in this industry it kind of does doesn't yeah. it but gosh so much has changed so in the last 10 changed. years oh my gosh I it's know, like I'm, not like it was it's not and we'll get on to that in a little yeah. bit <laughs> I just wanted to kind of, you know, let everyone know how we met. We were sort of, you know, have been in touch online for a while. And it was your kind of Pinterest um, kind of specialism way ahead of the game in terms of people even knowing what Pinterest was Mm. years ago that caught my eye. And you were a judge for me, weren't you? That's right. Yeah. And I came to the uh, fabulous event. Oh, it was such a fabulous event. Yeah, so it's 2017 and 2018. Right. Wow, yeah, so, so 2017, yeah. It was a fabulous do. You put on a good do there, girl. I know, well, do you know, I can throw a party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I was so pleased that you were, we, we got to work together in some way. Um, yeah, Because we're kind of at different parts of the country, aren't we? So we've not been able to cross over too much in person in the blogging industry, but it was a great chance for us to kind of get to know each other back then. That's right, yeah. Um, but so, okay, we'll take us back, Jen. So tell us a bit more about where you started, what you did maybe before blogging and what you, your kind of journey from there to what you're doing mm. now. I mean, I've done lots and lots of different jobs throughout my adult life. Um, and I've worked like corporate jobs. I've worked in retail. I ran a company when I was lots of back in my 20s, just a little small business. And then I had my kids in my 30s. And it was at the end of, it was a second one came along. And, you know, back in the day, well, still really, you know, childcare was super expensive. And um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to stay in my corporate job and I was unhappy anyway so I left and I started up a little franchise where I used to teach baby signing I love this yeah so <laughs> I used to sing nursery rhymes and teach babies how to use sign language for a living <laughs> and my my kids were really small and Ruby my my baby one she used to come along with me um and yeah we used I used to run these classes and and at the height of it I owned I owned two franchises and I used to teach sort of 12 to 14 classes a week some in nurseries and some privately and so it was it was really good fun business um I mean who wouldn't want to go and spend time with 
parents, carers who are there to enjoy time with their baby. Yeah. You know, what a great, yeah. and, you know, you spend your time singing with them, giving them a cup of tea and a biscuit. And yeah, uh, it was it was good fun and I loved it. Um, and I suppose that kind of, I've seen everything as a sort of stepping stone to the next part of my working life. Yeah. And as sort of Tiny Talk was kind of coming in and I've been doing it five or six years, Facebook was sort of taking off. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. <laughs> and um, um, I sort of got into Facebook, got into social media and I started writing a blog. I started, I had a little... <laughs> had a little um signing blog called sign in the city <laughs> oh, oh i love it again God. you're you're kind of very much depicting the time yeah with, um, absolutely kind of currently oh, on tv i'm guessing wasn't it ever yes <laughs> so um uh, but the franchise company were very very jumpy they got lawyers in and everything and fair enough you know they it was just we were starting in that whole world of of sharing things online and it was kind of like they were very worried about what I was going to share. Anyway, long story short, it led me into a love of really writing about things. And at the time, I didn't used to write about signing. I used to write about women in business. And so it, for me, it was always about giving women opportunities and chances and taking risks and, and living your dream, as yeah. it were. Um, and even, so even then, that, that was kind of something I was really, really interested in. And it led me into blogging. It led me to talking to local women who I knew who were bloggers, who had also worked in Tiny Talk, bizarrely. Oh. And um, yeah, and over a brainstorming session, what else can I write about? Well, I love home interiors. Always wanted a home interiors shop. And um, why don't I write about it? So that is how I got into Love Sheet Living, which I researched for a couple of months what was out there. There was nothing out there that was sort of beautiful and inspirational, but sort of high street, accessible, yeah. you know, at the time. Not that I could see very much of anyway. And so that's why I, I created it. And three months later, it was nominated for an award and it, so it just sort of took off from there. And I ran it alongside my kids who were very little at the time. I don't think either of them were at school, or they might have been at school just. And um, so I used to sit up nights till 2am writing the blog and then yeah. get up and do all the classes in the day. Um, and then after six months, nine months, I decided that it started to make money and I really wanted to make a go of it. And uh, I put my franchises up for sale, which took a little while, took another six months, maybe nine months, and then went, went at it full time. Wow. Yeah. And so was that, did that feel like a big leap at the time to kind of do to do that to go right and because back then there wasn't a huge amount of people I know I certainly felt like there wasn't a huge amount of people doing it full time and it always felt like a really scary prospect for me kind of stepping off that more regular income and I know you'd had yeah. a bit of experience then entrepreneur you know you're, you've obviously got an entrepreneurial spirit taking on those franchises yeah so maybe it wasn't quite as scary having had done that before no it didn't feel scary at all it, it felt I felt desperate to do it I felt so I was so like excited to do it I really really wanted it and my main thing was like oh you know what's my other half gonna say will he you know because it, it was sort of it wasn't this, it was a calculated risk mm. because obviously I'd built it into something. I'd worked really hard at it. I'd built it into something. I'd got a following. I was making money. And I think it was starting to make more money than I was making at the signing okay. at the classes. Yeah. So it's, I sort of felt that, you know, when you get to that point in business and you sort of go, I've got to take a leap here. Yeah. I've, I've got to go one way or 
or not yeah, uh, you know it'll always just be what it is and I, I will miss it yeah and I think that's where I was at and um it did sort of feel scary but equally I'd maybe come to the end of my journey and I'm very much a person that likes to do new things and set new stuff up and yeah. try something new and I'm, I'm excited by the new bits and pieces and having yeah. something you know I had a job in corporate IT for 10 years I don't know how I managed it <laughs> it's funny when you look back isn't it and it's because yeah. you, know, you, you change as well and you change as a person when you kind of like, mm. go out on your own and run your own business and to think oh gosh I can't imagine like me now wouldn't wouldn't be a very good employee I don't think I think oh I'm, no <laughs> I'm too used no. to working for myself absolutely and it's it's just having that freedom to make the decision about who you work with for me that it has to be one of the most empowering things about you know what we do is like we can choose whether we have somebody as a customer in in, in whatever way that is if yeah. and and i just love that i love not not being trapped yeah. by being an employee and i'm not being disparaging to anybody who works for anyone else but for me that was a big deal and I, I used to really struggle with it it used to massively um hamper my self-esteem yeah I was too. bullied at work you know by yeah. men and mostly men and women I have to mm. say back yeah. in the day when I worked in oh my gosh I worked in food retail in London in my 20s yeah. and that was brutal for bullying and yeah. um just yeah sexist feminine yeah. yeah 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 the whole thing when you look back now um and I'm sure it's not like that now maybe yeah, but yeah, yeah that, that's what I love about working for myself is just having that that, that control I guess yeah. and I think that's you know uh, I totally get that and I'm very similar you know I've had you know I always look back at my journey I've had some amazing you know bosses and management and some amazing mm. people that I've met along the way but I as well I had bad experiences with kind of um you know bullying and 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 passive aggression and you know yeah. stuff that you might you don't recognize at first and then it slowly chips away at you and then you suddenly realize you're like a shell of yourself you know yes is gone and you know I know people that know me now can't believe that I ever would have been in that situation because they're like you know you're so much so you, you build up this kind of strength and a bit of a, a wall I think when you when you go through that sort of situation you really and, I, and I'm the same I always say to people like I don't have to work with dickheads anymore. <laughs> I don't. I sack them yeah, <laughs> by exactly. email yeah. or on the phone. Yeah. And, you know, I have found myself in situations because, you know, you and I, have, I, I am a people pleaser and it, it, mm. it's really hard to switch that off and to know when you're falling into that pattern of behavior that you are, you, you are going too far um, to please somebody and they are treating you badly. Yeah. Um, and it is really hard to break that. That cycle you know I'm 50 and I'm still still fall into that mm. that trap I think it is yeah some things you just take a lot of work and I found myself in situations where uh, I've been bullied mm. even now as a blogger and I'm you know through collaborations and, and partnerships um, and people feel that they can take advantage yeah and they might not realize what they're doing um, but yeah, and it's often around money. It's often around deliverables. Yeah. Um, and you just learn to kind of go, no, I'm not having that. You, I don't need to work with you. I can choose. You can choose. And You've they're horrified that, that you would sack them as a yeah. customer. So yeah. you know what? I, I can make that choice. And you I don't, don't need, need it. And, 
And actually I recorded an episode on here um, a few weeks ago about removing negativity from Mm. your life. And, you know, and it's often in places that, you know, I, I had so many people talk to me about family or friends who kind of were judgmental about what they were doing or having like making little passive aggressive comments mm. because they didn't understand it and and actually generally it comes from a place where people are a bit envious that you've totally. had the balls or the ovaries to make this decision and do something to change your life and that maybe they haven't been able to yeah. do it always and, comes from that place of yeah, of, yeah envy or fear um yeah. or the, yeah that that, that, that they don't they don't understand it they're not sure that they can have a conversation with you about it so they are insecure and that comes across in yeah. various ways but yeah you're right yeah. yeah so it is nice that's kind of a definite perk of working for yourself as you can kind I of think remove, so remove yeah that. you can remove that toxicity toxicity yes yeah, that correctly you can remove that negativity and and I've experienced that a lot and I've worked really hard in the last two years particularly mm. yeah it is two years now to completely change how I operate on a day-to-day basis in terms of my work and who I invest my time and energy in Mm. um, because I realised that I had a lot of negative relationships through blogging and through my work and they they weren't bringing me joy and they certain things happened that that created a lot of upset and it seemed ridiculous and I I was shocked I was shocked that I felt I knew what these people were and what was happening yet I didn't really and it it made me realize that I needed to proactively find a new tribe and I did and I, I spent and still do spend a lot of time searching out women it's mainly about women for me women that that lift me up that that make me feel good that i enjoy being around that that i can feed from their energy all that kind of thing and so it's made a huge difference to me as a person and then that i think you're able to bring into the work that you do especially the kind of work you and i do in terms of coaching um it's made me such a better person and a better coach well, and you yeah. know, I mean, you know, me and you are on the same wavelength in terms of community and, and yeah. what it means to us. And actually, I, I'm, when I was talking about how we met, is you know, I'm in your um, pinning club, and um, I've kind of been on a lot of your courses. I've learned so much from you, and I think you know, we've kind of sh- struck up a friendship aside from that as well because sure. we're on the same wavelength. And I yeah, think, exactly. You know, like you, it's about finding your people. It's about finding those people that inspire you, that mm-hmm. make you feel good, and that you can share the same kind of worries, but you also share the same goals and aspirations. And I think that's when, for me, I always say, like, that's when the magic happens is when you find your people. So Absolutely. And I think it makes you it makes you better a better coach and it helps you help other people in yeah. a much better way and deliver something um sort of that space and that safety in that community that people want to be part of and and that you enjoy delivering and i think if you can enjoy it and feel that joy and and create that energy it's just so much better for everybody mm-hmm. and and like you know we we were part you you came into my three month um program just as we went into lockdown yes and um you know that was a sort of experiment for me as well a lot in a lot of ways but we had i feel such an amazing group of women that came into that program and we helped each other through uh more than than, 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 
Pinterest, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, more than just Pinterest. And, really you know, I, I said this at, at the end when we closed the programme down and uh, it, it meant so much to me to come in and do sessions and talk with everybody. And whilst we were talking Pinterest, yeah. we were also talking about being women, managing, coping, struggling with all the different businesses that everybody had. Yeah. Some of the members were furloughing their staff. Other people were struggling to make a living. Some of us had lost a lot of income. Yeah. And so we were there and, and I feel like that was a community that helped support each other, yeah. the members, through a difficult time. So, yeah, I feel really proud of that. And it, it brought me huge joy and kind of empowerment as well yeah. to have been able to have created that. Good, and you should, and you should be proud of it because you did create something really special there. And Thank I'm, you. and I'm so, you know, we obviously, you know, I loved it because I'm now part of the fully fledged, <laughs> the full, fully fledged, and I Yay. love it. Um, but before we kind of talk a little bit yeah. more about Pinterest, I want to just go back to the blogging side. Um, okay. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast will be listening because they might have a creative idea or they're kind of at the beginning of their journey and don't quite know how to take that leap. Now mm -hmm. you, it sounded fairly fluid and like I say, you're fairly entrepreneurial, but can you give us a sense of how long it was before you were making money? Because it doesn't always happen overnight, does it? Mm. It's not, you know, especially from blogging, you don't necessarily make money overnight, but no. did you have a business plan or did you just go with the flow? So I, I think, I think the caveat is obviously this was ten years ago, and yeah. blogging was very different then. Yeah, and the way you made money at blogging was very different mm -hmm. to now because it's just evolved and changed so much. But um, I was making some money, so I was probably making I don't know five or six hundred quid a month, which was on a par with sort of where I was at with the the tiny talk franchise so it wasn't massive I mean it wasn't life-changing at all but I could see how it was much more enjoy enjoyable less work and it would replace the other income yeah. and obviously once I gave it 100% full-time mm. it, it really took off so I'd say I did have a plan uh, because even well back then it, it it wasn't the done thing to actually say, I want to make money from my blog. No. It's actually quite a dirty word mm. to sort of say. No yeah, one you, you, talk about it. You never talked about it. No. You should have been an authentic, wonderful hobby blogger yeah. and love blogging for the, for the purity of blogging. Yeah. And it was very, it was almost, yeah, you were scorned and shunned if you were there to make money. Yeah. And I, so I kept it quiet, but I did have a plan. And my plan was that it was this was going to be a, a money-making business for me. Mm -hmm. And so I suppose I went at it with a lot more intention than other people do mm -hmm. or did. Whereas now I think it's very different. And I think a lot of people do get into blogging to make money. And partly that is the problem because obviously yeah. it's a very saturated market who knows what it's going to look like when we come out of this no. i think the world is going to blogging world is going to be a very different place don't you yeah absolutely and it and it and it is it's so you know i've been kind of reflecting on how much it's changed and i you know we started at the same time and my i guess biggest regret i try not to have regrets but my biggest regret is that i didn't have the ovaries to kind of just go for it at the time you know and just go full-time because I could see 
that like you, you know, I think a fairly sort of savvy and, and, and entrepreneurial mind, I could see that there was something to be made of yeah. it. I could see that there was a way to make money. And I just didn't have that bit of oomph to, I was too scared of leaving the nine to five for too long. And I think yeah. I kind of missed a little bit of that wave. And then now I've kind of now having kids and I've been doing it sort of part-time slash full-time around my kids and seeing how the industry's changing trying to move with it and then Instagram blowing up oh and yeah brands because like you said working earning money from your blog back in the day was very different from the kind of hashtag ad and the sponsored collaborations that are, are kind of par for the course now mm. but yeah I think it is it's adapting isn't it and mm. I, I don't even know that I know where I think it will be though I yeah I mean I'm not convinced it's going to come back I'm not planning on it coming back this year at all no. and so whether it will come back next year I don't know and what that will look like I still can't decide no. um, I think we need a few more months to kind of see what retailers and and you know organizations do in terms of the way they spend their marketing money yeah. but you know back in the day it was all about link building it was all it was all kind of like seo yeah kind of payments everything Absolutely. came through everything was fast and dirty yeah you know you, I, you know I'm, I'm not i i'm my blog was a money-making machine back in the day and that's what it was and yeah. uh, it's very different now because it is much more about a collaboration a partnership and that evolved and the creative isn't it and the creative side and it had to evolve and that mm. was fabulous and we saw that evolving probably about five years ago and then of course instagram really took off about three years ago yeah. and so it was already becoming very busy but yeah. then obviously instagram really took off with the sort of instagram influencer as i put in quotes there um taking up the, the the budget if you were the opportunities were diluted yeah and so it became much harder there was much more competition yeah. for for the campaign uh but i have to say around that time sort of five to three years ago three to five years ago i just had the most I mean, honestly, the things that I did, they were life-changing. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And I'm not saying that that can't happen again. I'm already booked to go to, back to, um, back, I've not been, but I was due to go to America on a design tour oh, wow. in April. And so that was all booked and paid for, just as, obviously, yeah. we came into lockdown in March. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was all announced, and I was going on a design tour as one of 10 um, bloggers in the States, in North Carolina, as part of the design tour for the biggest interior design show in the world. Wow. So it was phenomenally exciting, and they'd never yeah. had a UK blogger do it before. So that's still on the cards for October. I'm not sure I'm feeling 100% confident about going back to North Carolina mm. in October, but we shall see. And hopefully at some point I can go. But, you know, there have been some amazing opportunities. Amazing. You know, I, I, I did a year on, uh, six months on live TV. Wow, did you? I did yeah. I knew that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I used to, because I've always loved doing all the filming stuff and video. And I did yeah. uh, lots of different things on YouTube. And um, obviously, uh, you just you just get noticed yeah and yeah i got i got asked to do some um screen tests and then did the training and i got a job on qvc amazing yeah now i know people go <clears throat> qvc but seriously they take a million pounds a day do not yeah. knock it no, and in my first show so i was represented represent i was a representative for a rugs brand so you get paired up, you do all the training. And I did my training with celebrities as well, because everybody has to go through the same training. That's Whoever you are, yeah. so cool. It was so fun. And uh, 
yeah, in our first show, we sold £40,000 worth of rugs. Wow. So they don't and how would you ever plan that that was going to happen you couldn't, you know, and, and no. you won't. and I think that is the beauty about this industry is you yeah. do just kind of you know you roll with it a little bit opportunities come up you never know what's going to come your way yeah that's but right I actually I like because obviously you are you kind of cover the bases you know you're a really successful blogger and you are an Instagram influencer and would you say, well, I, you are, and you know, and you've got that sort of um, following and you, you work from what I see, you work with brands on Instagram as well as your blog. But do you think, cause I've kind of always held this belief and, you know, probably really holding on to the fact that there is always going to be a space for bloggers. And I think when Instagram blew up, we were forgotten about a bit and I know I fell into that trap of, you know, I became less consistent with my blogging because I was putting all my energy into these kind of posts that last for a day if you're lucky. Mm. And actually, and brands were just going for numbers and they were just throwing money and yeah. numbers. But now I think there is, people have stepped back and realized that the long-term value and the long-term picture is much more about building your SEO, is about being searchable on Google. And that happens with blogs. You know, we don't own our content on Instagram really do we that could no. Instagram could turn off tomorrow and we'd all be absolutely and I and I do feel that's probably what brands are realizing and actually I, I felt that as we were coming into 2020 the it was the year of the blog it would have been the year of the yeah, blog and I, I felt there was so much um that there was so much frustration over the algorithm on Instagram yeah. um, and the reach wasn't there. And I, and I think that sh it was shown to me in how many people on Instagram who are influencers do now have a blog. Yeah. And it's also been shown to me in how many people have come to me from Instagram to say, teaches me how to do Pinterest for my blog. Yeah. So that's, Absolutely. I, I think there's this realisation amongst the influencer, my, probably the sort of, obviously we're not talking the Kim Kardashians here. No. Uh, we're talking the sort of the micro influencer who, who understands that they don't own that platform yeah. and that they're... And they need to diversify. Their and they need to diversify. I mean, we realised that we did, I, you know, we realised this five years ago. Yeah. That, you know, that's why I started teaching people about Pinterest. I had yeah. this separate income stream. It's why I went on the TV. I had a separate in, in, income stream. So you have to be open to opportunities and you have to kind of step back from what you're doing and look at what the industry is doing. And there is a shelf life. Yeah. Blogging and Instagram and that, that, it's become very saturated in lifestyle, in parenting, in interiors, yeah. travel. It's very, very saturated. Yeah. So what will happen? Well, the bottom tier will drop out. Yeah. And obviously there, has, there will have been a massive cull yeah. because of what's happened this year. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're brutal about it. Yeah. Instagrammers, bloggers, I've already seen bloggers who were, there weren't many full-time bloggers like me yeah. left. Um, but I've already seen some of them just completely dropping off because the worry is how will we make money when we come back? And if that's all they were relying on, they will have lost it all. And I think that's it. And, I, and that's, you know, that was a very conscious decision of mine, like with you early on, was why I built commu the Community Inspire Collaborate, which was then We Blog North and the Northern mm. Blog Awards, because I knew I needed something else that I that would sustain and it was its own business and its own channel of income that mm. would kind of work alongside both. But I think when you throw all your eggs in one basket, you have to have something else. And mm. I actually spoke um, last week to a amazing content creator called Onyi, Onyi, and she started out, I mean, she's got 
160,000 followers. She would, she doesn't deem herself an influencer. She's always been a creative and she taught herself photography and it's photography Mm. first. And she sells her images away from her grid. You know, she's always said as well, you've got to have something else. And I think that's going to be the big shift next year is, is there will be, like you say, a lot of people will drop off because they haven't thought wider than their one platform yes and I think particularly through Instagram a lot of people have come to influencing in quotes there uh, by accident yeah I I mean I suppose back in the day 10 years ago a lot of people came to pay blogging by accident Um, but there's much more intention around blogging and there has been for five years everybody who blogs has to have photography skills SEO skills they've got to understand DA they've got to link build they've got to be able to manage a blog they've got to be able to create it update it do the graphics you know the skill set is immense and that's apart from actually being able to write a decent word that somebody wants to read and then you throw in a brand collaboration and it's, it's getting that balance and this is what I see maybe on people who have fallen into influencing by accident on Instagram is this balance between being authentic to people looking at you reading you and delivering something that the brand want to pay for that isn't adsy that isn't salesy that that feels real yeah and genuine genuine. and that takes a lot of skill and it takes years to perfect it you know you and I would have been doing that for years and years and years and it really isn't easy um and just you know I've had people on Instagram come to me to kind of say you know people with a lot of followers and a lot of influence saying i I don't know how to handle this this partnership i've got they're not paying me or i don't know what to write in the email now they're asking me to deliver this and you know that's that whole set of uh, skills that we learn in networking and creating a professional business relationship with a brand so that they come back time and time again absolutely and I think yeah yeah, I mean you're just saying everything that I always kind of tell the community and that you know it's so important that you know your own voice and that you have confidence in what you're saying and a brand expects that so if you've kind of fallen into something accidentally like yes you might have a million followers but if you don't quite know why they're listening to you or what they want that's right it's never going to work it's going to fall flat and I think it is a long game you know I always say that you might have a few quick wins along the way but actually to sustain a kind of successful brand and business mm. it's a long game isn't it and mm. you constantly need to be evaluating and reflecting and talking and asking and engaging with your audience otherwise you're never gonna be able to serve them or the brands that you work with so that's right and and you will become you'll become one or the other and 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 not marrying the two together and it is an art it is it is a skill and I see it time and time again uh, where people are are still learning and evolving and maybe that will happen with Instagram I don't know but it just worries me that this what worries me is the perception of power that influencers feel they have because they have X amount of followers. And I don't think that they are nurturing that necessarily in the way that they're going to need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and people do need to diversify. And and I think if you're going to start out on this creative journey, you need to be open to the opportunities and open to learning new things and trying something different. Yeah. And don't be afraid to try something different. I mean, I did QVC for a year, uh, for six months. It nearly broke me. <laughs> Travelling down to London, uh, doing shows, 
intense fast-paced yeah very very intense getting scripts doing the research all of that and to be fair you know there wasn't a lot of money in it for me at the time but it was an amazing learning experience and then a couple of years later you know I have an ongoing brand collaboration where I make the social media content videos in a professional setting, in studios, with a film crew, with an auto cue. I write the scripts. And so that, you know, it's, it's, you learn and it's, it's all a process. And so never be afraid to try something new because if it fails, it it isn't a failure. It's just the next step in your learning and your growth and your knowledge. I absolutely love that. I just love it. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I'm just going to package that up and sell that. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, I feel like, oh, Jim, we have so much we could cover, but I do. We could cover. Go on, yeah. I need to ask you about Pinterest because Go we haven't it. talked about it enough. <laughs> so just talk us a bit through your decisions and how you fell into Pinterest and why that became such a key part of your business now. Yeah, I guess it links very strongly to what I've just said. It's, it's kind of keeping your mind open, looking, watching, evaluating. And at the time, very early in the, early on, 18 months in to my blog, I could see America, the American uh, bloggers using Pinterest a lot to bring traffic. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you start a blog, that's one of your main concerns is how will I find anybody to read it? Um, and, it was, you know, that's a concern for everybody. And we, we work our social media, we work SEO. And we should work Pinterest too, because it isn't social media. It's completely different entity just sits out there on its own really and it's a combination of of social and uh, and search uh, so i saw americans using it and i thought hmm, what's going on here and i watched and i learned and i chatted and i got myself in groups and you know within six months it had gone quite crazy and all of a sudden you know that opened a lot of doors for me yeah to write my media pack or pitch back and say oh yeah and I've got x amount of followers people reading my stuff well that you know it did open doors and as we've said you know one thing leads to another so it it was kind of you know I say this is life-changing and it really was and um, I just kept at it and it was before the current algorithm before the smart feed and I just kept working it really and it it evolved and grew and I think you know you're obviously a person that likes like we talked about earlier you like to share you like to help and guide people and teach so it was kind of a really natural thing that people can come to you to be taught how to use this platform and I know you know as someone like you I'd sort of was familiar with Pinterest I could see it was in that kind of early adopter phase in 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 commas you know because Mm -hmm people weren't using it in the best possible way and they certainly weren't using it in a commercial way a few mm. years ago. And so when I kind of discovered you and saw, you know, the amazing traffic that you were receiving, I was like, right, I need to learn how to do that. Yeah. I mean, it all started with bloggers, really. Yeah. Bloggers obviously wanting to jump, jump on the wagon. Yeah. absolutely, quite rightly so. And I was part of a community in 2015 that um, worked with Pinterest in the UK as they launched it to a bigger audience here in the UK, they worked with lots of different bloggers on a collaboration basis over a year to six months to a year. And essentially we wrote posts for them to kind of give them exposure. You know, it was before Instagram. Um, And in return, they put us in front of all the new signups to the UK Pinterest platform. So 
I'm really transparent about this. This is why I have a million followers, because my following went from 15,000 to a million and 20,000 in six months. And what I say to everybody is at the time I had 100,000 visitors a month to my blog from Pinterest. And over that six month period, it did not change. Right. So, you know, just, you know, we talk about this, that it's not social media. It's not about following its search because I was using it properly for search. Didn't matter how many followers I had. And I went from that amount to over a million. No different to my traffic. Right. No difference. Um, So that did happen in 2015. And so, you know, you start to really fall in love with something, this tool that was, that, that was just so powerful. And you're right, it, it did make me feel like I was one step ahead of the game because not everybody was doing it at all. Yeah. And people were trying and not able. And because I'd been doing it for two or three years, yeah. I was kind of well into it. Yeah. yeah. So that's how it grew. And people started asking me to show them. So it was all quite organic to begin with, um, and I, uh, then it all tied in with wanting to diversify and wanting to and, and expanding the business because I've always seen my blog as a business and me as a brand, and wanting to expand that and diversify and just just you know give some safety a safety yeah. net to my income really. Yeah, I love that, and you have you've built you know you have built your brand so well and you know as someone who's so into all this I really I actually I don't think I've ever told you this but I use you in one of my um, presentations of somebody (laughs) who does it really well really oh that's very lovely I have a module that's on like you know establishing your brand and you're there as somebody who's done that really well and you know it's not an easy job and you found kind of ways to pull in all the aspects of your experience and the things you're yeah. doing, the things you love and it all is really cohesive and, and coherent I think that's that's not thank you do. It, so I, I think it isn't and I and I think that's why I say you know every step that you take is is part of your journey because you know I look back to my corporate life mm. um and the the art of writing you know a professional email to nurture a relationship and build a relationship uh you know stood me in good stead and i think the the other thing that really really helps and, and f- without doubt helped me and still does was networking and it was finding the group of people who wanted the same as me yeah. so we shared information and we collaborated and we talked and we we shared contacts we shared our way of working we shared our fees all that kind of thing and people weren't that transparent then and and so to have that and to have people who were doing it in the same way was really really important and that's why your community is just phenomenal because it is very isolating very lonely being an online digital creator in, in whatever niche you're in it's very lonely yeah working from home you can go crazy you know should I say that should I write this email what should I do about this how do I react and you've got no one to ask and so that's why you know things like you creating a community where creatives can come together and say help can you help me and and creating an environment it's really important to create that environment where people feel they can ask for help and people will give it yeah and the same for me and in my membership club for Pinterest is people need to be able to share information about their business. Absolutely. And so it needs to be a nurturing, safe environment. 
so yeah, where there's yeah. no judgment like you say it's because yeah. you know i love that about about your group because we're all discovering things together we're all keeping up with the industry together we're taking massive guidance from you and then we're i'm not scared of sharing my stats because i know there's no judgment you know and i yeah. know that every you know we're all backing each other and lifting each other up and yes that is yeah. important because there's yeah. so much competition out there and you know you can either be in this horrible space where you feel like you've got no one to talk to and everyone's going to judge any decision you make or you can find your people yeah 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 um, so yeah that did make a big difference for me having the right people there to help me and I could see that other people weren't treating it as a business and I felt with my sort of businessy background that I needed to be the brand and I see myself and always have and now lots of people do you know it's, it's a thing but I was my brand and, yeah. and people were buying me um, they weren't obviously yeah they want the blog and they want the good DA and they want the nice photos or whatever it is but equally they know I'm someone to work with and bloggers if you're working creatively and on Instagram as well you have to realize that PRs move around a lot yeah. they change jobs all the time and they take you with them yeah. so if you treat them badly if you're unprofessional if you don't deliver on time then they can remember that and, yeah, and word spreads and word spreads you know and I for example I before lockdown went on a wonderful trip which was clearly aimed at travel influencers but it was in a beautiful hotel uh, so they kind of they obviously felt well let's let's get somebody in from the interior side and they invited me along and I didn't know the PR but I know the company it's a really big PR company and interestingly when I got there and I spoke to the PR I've been dealing with she said oh yeah yeah I mentioned you in my office and everybody else knew you and I'm so I feel really embarrassed that I didn't and I'm like don't be yeah. but for me that just showed that your, your name you. yeah. yes yeah. they we talk creatives yeah. talk to each other Absolutely. PRs talk to each other so you know be professional and always remember always under the promise under promise and over deliver I think that's such a good, and I was going to ask you for some advice, but I think like you've already kind of nailed it throughout this whole podcast, but I think that's such a true point. I think so many people, particularly who've gotten into the industry recently because they want to earn money and mm. maybe haven't thought about the platform and how their voice, they kind of expect a lot. They, you know, and they don't give much back. And I'm like you, I always over deliver. I always want them wanting more and, and kind of thinking, oh God, she's even better than I thought she was going to be. Yeah. So it's yeah. a no brainer, we'll work with her again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You want, yeah, you want them to say at the end, it's been fabulous working with you. You want them to say that. You, you know, you respond to emails quickly. You, you deliver your product, whatever it is you want. You're very clear on what it is, you know, and do all the, do all the groundwork. Make sure you've got a contract in place. Um, make sure you fully understand what the deliverables are and don't go into a contract if you feel that you are going to resent delivering something within it because you will and you won't do it to the best advantage. You know, recently in lockdown, a, a client that I've worked with again and again and again, um, a PR and the actual brand wanted to lock me in for it, obviously the, the fee was much lower and I was happy to take that at the time and we discussed that but they wanted to lock me in for three months right and brands pay thousands to lock yeah. me in yeah because 
but they weren't and they didn't want to and there was no budging whatsoever and so I walked away from it so don't be afraid to say no don't be afraid to stand your corner lose the money yes but you retain your reputation and integrity and you can you know sleep well at night (laughs) yeah I think that's really good point because I you know especially in this industry little tantalizing things show up sure and you know especially at a time like this where you like you need a bit of extra cash and you want some work it's so easy to just bite that hand off and then regret it Mm. I've actually I like to think that I've you know been really good at saying no as much as I've said yes yeah 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 you in good stead And, and don't be afraid to say equally don't be afraid to say yes I'll do that for nothing um because you know that can open doors too so it's a little bit of judgment on your part and I think once you've been doing it a long time you realize very quickly from that opening email what the opportunity might be and how it might pan out absolutely I know from the first few sentences whether I'm going to want to work with that person that's emailed me I'm so with you on that. Yeah. Now, when you're first starting out, you won't know that. And it's, that is just experience and yeah, practice. It's a learning curve. And it's a learning curve. So go with it, you know. And lots of times I've been shafted. Yeah. And I think, damn it, I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, hey-ho, the next time I won't with that particular person. But yeah. with someone else, I would. Yeah. And when you do over-deliver and I'm not saying that you've got to do tons and tons of stuff for no money, yeah. but you just you do an amazing job. You're easy yeah. to work with. You're professional. The content you produce is second to none. You know, you yeah. do that. And then they will come back and they will love you. And I will then offer to help them out and do something for free because actually they just signed me for a year. Yeah. I'll throw some freebies in there. Of course I will. And, you know? and I think that's it. And it's the same with any industry would do the same. You kind of nurture your customer yeah. relationships and your clients don't you that's right way, yes it's like a nice yes. out for your top client or you know you're schmoozing someone at an event it's no different you know you it's no different it is about building and maintaining and nurturing those yeah so I'd say to somebody relatively newish you know try not to get sucked into that and I am going to call it as it is I think that slight arrogance that a lot of influencers can have that you hold the power mm. don't get sucked into that be humble, be a nice person to work with. Yes, have strong boundaries and guidelines, but don't be an ass. Yeah, <laughs> a dickhead. Like don't a be a dickhead. dickhead. Yeah. yeah. It is true. And I, I really like that you've touched on that point. I think it's a really, really valid and valuable point. I love it. And you're yeah. like, um, so just to kind of move towards wrapping up. Sure. Obviously, the... Um, you know, the title of this podcast is Can We Have It All? And it's based around that kind of perpetual, particularly as women, you know, particularly as mothers in business, you know, we're trying to juggle, we're trying to be a good mum, we're trying to be a good savvy business owner, we're trying to do yoga and eat really well. <laughs> Can we have it all, Jen? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to say I've got the answer to that, Holly. I really would. I mean, I've been trying for yeah. God knows how many years. Um, what I think you've got to evaluate what's most important to you. My mental health is the most important to me as an individual. If my head is right, I'm a good mum, I work well in my business, and I feel all right. And I've learned, and it's taken a long time to identify what it is that keeps my head in the game in this job. Yeah. 
uh, and I, you know, I've said it before, and it is the women around me, it is the tribe that I've created around me, and it's support and it's fun. And I, as I, I'm quite, you know, there are things that I love that make me feel good, and yeah. there are things that other women might go, oh, but they work for me. You know, my skincare, my fashion, traveling with my best friend, all those kind of things are hugely important to me and so for me having it all means keeping my head straight and having the balance and keeping my kids on track obviously um and constantly sort of my my other half is brilliant fantastic but he is a traditional nine to fiver and the entrepreneurial journey frightens the hell out of him Mm -hmm. and so he does not get involved one little bit but he is fully there to support me so when my kids were really little and i i got an opportunity to travel for a week in spain he was like do it i'll sort it out and you know we it's having that around you for me that's having it all so i think you just have to identify what having it all means to you If it means freaking opening the bottle of wine instead of doing the yoga, then do it. But obviously, you know, we're, we're three months into lockdown and my clothes don't fit anymore. So <laughs> I'm, literally, I I'm in just elastic. Ooh, I'm elasticated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's the elasticated waistbands. I'm glad you said that because that has been doing my head in. And so yeah. I think having it all is really personal. Yeah, it is. And, and having it all means being happy in yourself, doesn't it? it and for me, it's keeping my head straight and uh, doing the things that, that help me do that. So, yeah. I love that. I think it's a great answer. <laughs> it's a great answer. I, don't, I hope that's not a cop out. <laughs> no, it's not. And I don't think there is an answer. I, I kind of think, you know, something's always got to give. And it's about what you're willing to let give at that particular point in Absolutely. Like right now. I can put on half a stone. I'm willing to let that go so I can have the other yeah. that I need to have right now. You know? I know. I know. That's it. And um, I think as well, again, just, just sort of reiterating that whole, you know, it's all a journey thing, is that there have been some points when my kids were younger and my husband had a really intense job. I had to be the one that sat back slightly. We are now talking, my kids are slightly older there, they're sort of early teens, 13, 16, and we are now saying, you know, they're super independent. Obviously, they still need you. Um, And we're now saying that actually, now is actually going to be my time to go, and he's maybe going to rein it in slightly. And so, yeah, Yeah. I would have loved to have done it earlier, but you make your choice, and you do what's right for you and your family. Yeah, and Uh, I... I I'm no, I'm exactly the same as you. And actually, I, I wrote an Instagram post today about remembering your why, because for me, and I know you're exactly the same. When you're someone who's entrepreneurial, you have so many ideas all the time that you want to be executing. You know, my biggest frustration is that I don't have enough hours in the day, but I have to remember that I'm doing this because I have two young kids that I want to be around more for. Exactly, yeah. So you know, yes, there's some stuff, and I see other people doing things, and I think, oh, I could have been doing that but actually it's a big picture thing isn't it and your time kind of will come and I think you know it it doesn't always have to be right now right right at this moment that's right yeah you're there for your kids you pick them up from school or when they're when they're at school and and, you know I've done I've done that for mine my my eldest daughter is autistic has Asperger's and you know I've I've always been able to drop everything and go and so having that flexibility in my job for the last 10 years has been well it's been worth everything you know really has 
I love that. Okay, final quick fire before I let you go on this very hot day. Um, yeah. and it's not quick fire like you have to give me a <laughs> good. <laughs> um, just want to ask for anybody listening who I know will be inspired by everything you've just said, but are there any books or podcasts or resources that you've used and have really helped you along your journey or that are inspiring you right now? Yeah, okay. So I I love listening to the entrepreneurs, you know, so obviously, you know, your Amy Porterfields, yeah. uh, James Wedmore, Stu McLaren, all those kind of guys. I like Screw the Nine to Five, Josh and Jill. Oh, uh, oh, oh you love them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Facebook, right. they're the masters of a Facebook challenge and a pop-up Facebook group. Oh, cool. Yeah, Jill yeah, Stanton, though, she's really happening. So Screw the Nine to Five. I think they call their followers Screwies, which I love brilliant i'm such a screw yeah i like um i mean i am a bit of you know i follow the big guys like jenna kutcher and and elise dharma i like uh, different people like that um and then like for me i love i love um emily johnston you know uh, fashion foie gras i love a lot of the fashion guys to be yeah. honest yeah. uh and so, yeah, I just, I, I love anybody that kind of, you know, is, is about empowering women specifically uh, or just, just talking about opportunity and being creative and entrepreneurial. That's what floats my boat. Floats your boat. I love it. And then finally, what do you do for a bit of gen time? <laughs> there isn't a lot of it, obviously, a bit like you. Uh, I tap dance. <laughs> Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I learned to tap dance when I was in my twenties when I lived in London and then gave it up. My God, I love you so much more. I didn't think it was possible. My Did idol you know is Gene this? Kelly. I'm surprised you didn't yeah. He's my idol, Gene Kelly. Really? Um, yeah. And I Oh my gosh. It's been one of those things I tap danced at uni but never and like I've always regretted that I didn't just oh, like, Holly you should go and join a class so my my girls have always danced they've always gone to like ballet and stuff like that um and the youngest one still does everything Irish all of it yeah and at their dance school they teach adults and so about five years ago six years six years ago now I went along and like teach me and a few other it was a few it was a bit of a mum thing we went um and I've been doing it since and I've done three shows and about six exams oh, so I'm oh. now up to my <laughs> second, go second, second gold bar he's legend I'll burst the bubble though I obviously I think I look like Jean Kelly. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I have no doubt. A stare. No, I, I don't. I really don't think I do. Uh, I'm just so glad that she doesn't have one of those big full length mirrors in the room. <laughs> but honestly, it's I'm really missing it right now. Again, I've met some amazing women there. I mean, there's guys there as well, but I've made some great friendships. And it's just that release every week to kind of go, right, it's tap time and I'm off to my class. And um, we just we just have uh, a, a lot of fun. And I've learned stuff and I mean getting up on in front of 300 people doing a tap dancing show wow. as uh, we did Michael Jackson's thriller the first one as a zombie when you're in your 40s it's just you know that is a moment that, did you? You know, <laughs> I never thought that was gonna happen no. oh, that, that has really made my day it's made my day um good note finally, to end on <laughs> yeah, yeah, and finally Jen so what have you got coming up that we all need to be checking out where can everybody find you how can they join in with what you're offering okay cool thank you so so my main my main offering as it were is obviously the pinterest coaching right now uh my website's jenstanbrook.com and it's for any any 
I mean, I tend to serve women, but it's for any creative entrepreneurial type who would like to get more eyes on their website for more sales, more traffic, bigger email list, whatever it might be. And I have a club. The doors will open in that club later in the year. I have a course, a three-part course, and obviously I do one-to-one -one coaching as well. And it's all there on jenstanbrook.com. But there is a lovely freebie. So if you're interested, go and grab the freebie, 15 ways to rapidly build your Pinterest traffic right now. It's a great freebie, if I do say so myself. It is, <laughs> everything you produce is great, Gem. Oh, bless you. Uh, no, it is packed full of details. I think I've even got you in there as an example oh, of such yeah. a brilliant... Your, your fabulous pin that is driving you lots of uh, yeah. traffic for your email list, uh, that is in there because it's such a fabulous pin and such a great call to action. It had to go in there as an example. Oh, well, they're all learnt from there you go. this teacher. <laughs> I will link all of that in the show notes. So go and get your freebie. You'd be silly not to. And Jen, I knew this was going to be a really fun. <laughs> I knew we were going to get giggle loads. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found something useful and inspiring, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review and a rating because it really helps other people hear this podcast too. If you'd like to enter a competition for a one-to-one -one coaching session or a blog audit with me, then make sure you leave an email address in that review as well. And if you'd like to submit a question or a topic for discussion, then just send me an email. Find me and my business information, including how to join my growing online community of entrepreneurs and content creators over on holly-wood.co.uk or over on Instagram. All the details about how to contact me and find me and follow me are in the show notes. Thank you. Have a fab week.